0: What's up, Boom Team? Welcome back to the podcast, episode 17. Once again, I'm going to say it every damn episode, 17 episodes. It feels feels like a long time, even though it's not, really. Um, I hope you guys are having a great day, night, weekend, weekday, whatever the hell you're doing right now. Even if you're at work or something like that, I hope you guys are having a great time, um, especially nowadays. I think it's, uh, it's very important for somebody to be able to enjoy anything and everything that they can. Um, I'm sorry that's taken so long to get another episode out. Uh, it's just recently, you know, things have been kind of changed a little bit for me i've been uh just kind of figuring things out as i go um after i released the last episode of my brother i took a week off to uh to just kind of let everything uh get together the nba was just getting uh, back up and running and the playoffs were going to start so i thought i'd give it that week and then i came home and i was also helping my girlfriend move in from or move into college and i came home and lightning had struck apparently like right next to my house i wasn't home at the time But uh, we were looking around to see where it could have struck because my parents said that it, like, shook our house. And I uh, came home, and I looked, and there was a tree. And the tree, it wasn't, like, destroyed. It was very weird. It must have been just a little bit of lightning or something. I have no idea. I'm not not an expert on that kind of thing. But um, I, I looked up at the tree, and you could see, like, pieces of the bark on the outside of the tree had just been ripped off of it. It was almost like like uh, like big claw marks it's not like a bear or anything cuz it was way high up in the tree and like i said it looked like claw marks but it was just it was much bigger than um than like normal claw marks and it just looked like a ton of the bark had been taken off and it looked like it could have been like struck by like a very small amount of lightning or something i don't know but we had a big storm, and then uh, our internet was out, and then we found out that we weren't actually getting the internet that we had been paying for, so we've been uh, kind of fighting with that a lot lately, and our internet's been very inconsistent, and it's been kind of difficult for me to watch some of these uh, these playoff games and uh, other things going on just because it's, you know, there's shit's all over the place right now, but we're here, um, and yeah, we're just going to hop right into it. I got some UFC to talk about. I'm just going to recap the main event of uh, of UFC 252 between uh, Stipe Miocic and Daniel Cormier. Um, and then we're also gonna. I'm gonna recap my first round predictions of the NBA uh, playoffs and the NHL playoffs. I'm not a huge. Uh, I'm not huge into the NHL. I'm getting more into it as I go. But um, right now, I'm just gonna kind of give you who I had picked um, for the NHL and the NBA, and then I'll kind of analyze that afterwards. But we're gonna start with the UFC. So um, in the in the UFC 252. Um, Main event, it was Daniel Cormier versus uh, Stipe Miocic. Um, Stipe Miocic was the reigning champion, and Daniel Cormier was uh, challenging him in the, the third fight of uh, their, their long trilogy. Um, basically, Daniel Cormier was trying to get his belt back. Um, he said he was going to retire regardless um, of whatever happens, So he, you know, and he did, um, but he, he wanted to get it back because it's uh, probably very fulfilling as a fighter to, uh, to retire as champion um but you know as I watched the fight and I had to watch it um the next day on YouTube or I can't remember what the hell I used to watch it but um I had to watch it elsewhere because I was on a camping trip that weekend um and I couldn't see and I had very to little uh, little to no internet which that's been a huge problem for me lately I just noticed uh I keep saying I have no internet but um as I watched it I kind of noticed uh that Stipe was you know I'm just gonna kind of give you the what I thought he did very well to win the fight. Castillo, like I said, um, did win the fight, um, going to the decision. Um, he kept his distance very well. Um, a guy like Daniel Cormier, being such a good wrestler that he is, um, you have to keep the distance. And Stipe is a, you know, a, a tall guy. He's got long arms. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's obvious that you're going to want to keep your distance from a guy like Daniel Cormier and not let him uh, grab onto you, which was interesting because as the fight went on, I noticed that Daniel Cormier, and a lot of people noticed this, that Daniel Cormier did not try and wrestle Stipe to the ground or anything. He just kind of you know, stood up with him a lot. And um, throughout the fight, actually, Stipe was the one actually pushing Cormier against the cage. Um, there were many times where Stipe kind of put Cormier like, in a corner. He couldn't really do anything. Stipe would push him up against the cage. He'd take his uh, left hand and put it on uh, Daniel Cormier's right wrist and just hold that hand down. And then Stipe would take his right arm and put it under Daniel Cormier's left armpit and then just jack that up and would just hold him there. And, um, you know, Daniel Cormier would get free a little bit and try and throw with him. But it was it was very odd. You know, Daniel Cormier didn't fight like, you know, you would expect him to. Um, but Stipe also, he was very slow. Um, and he created opportunities and he capitalized very often. Uh, I felt like Cormier was a little bit more of the aggressor um, for a decent portion of the fight as it went into the championship rounds, uh, rounds four and five. Uh, that changed a little bit. But... Um, Stipe was very good about, uh, you know, capitalizing on the opportunities that were given to him. Um, he dropped DC late in the second round. Uh, Daniel Cormier just got tagged, um, by Stipe and he was, got stuck in the corner. Um, and Stipe was right on top of him, like, uh, you know, just hammering down on him. Luckily, uh, the, the bell saved DC um that knockdown really shifted the tide of the fight though because um up to that second round um or to the end of that second round I thought DC was winning the fight um like I said he was much more of the aggressor and he was just throwing heavy hitters at uh at Stipe and it didn't really seem like Stipe really knew what to do um but after that uh Stipe started to push the pace a little more um he was you know walking uh DC down pushing him up against the cage really uh pushing him and just trying to make him fight um Stipe, like I said, was also very good about uh, getting his punches to connect. And when they did, they connected very well. And they were able to kind of stagger DC. Because, you know, you can get punches to land, but they're not always going to be, you know, ones that will put somebody on their ass or anything. But if you can get a punch, you know, to the rib cage or, you know, even to the cheek, it's going to it's gonna rattle them if you hit it well enough. Um, and I just thought Stipe did a very good job after that second round of, uh, of turning the tides and shifting into his favor. And I think that's what won him the fight. Um, but like I said, you know, D.C. was a much more aggressive striker. Um, and it just it really didn't make any sense to me why he didn't wrestle. Um, I, I just don't get it. Uh, he did get poked in the eye pretty well. I think Stipe went almost two knuckles deep into D.C.'s eye. Um, and the referee didn't do anything to stop it. You know, D.C. was looking at him. He's like, hey, I po-, he poked me in the eye. And he's like, well, you know, the referee was like, yeah, keep fighting, Daniel. I'm like, what the hell? Like, why would you, why would you tell him, yeah, just keep fighting when he's saying, hey, he poked me in the eye? Um, I can understand if you're trying to like, if somebody may, may want to break or something and you're trying to avoid that, but it's like, you know, the guy got poked in the eye and you can see in the replay, his, I think it was Stipe's pinky went almost two knuckles into, uh, Daniel Cormier's eye. That's shit. That's not, you gotta, when they're saying, Hey, he poked me, you know, fucking stop the fight. Um, DC did a very good job at counter punching though. Um, even though steep, controlled the pace, I would say in uh, rounds three, four and five, um, DC was not out of the fight by any means. He, uh he definitely did his, held his ground um like I said though he should have just stuck to to what he you know was really good at um but he did throw with uh with Stipe very well so that that was um it was an impressive fight I will say DC didn't go down didn't go down well uh, you know not not giving it everything he had um and it was also it was kind of sad because once DC it seemed like just as DC started to get something going uh stipe would just have something to counter it or he would slip away you know if dc was you know starting to land some punches or something like that um and it maybe looked like stipe, he was gonna knock stipe down or he could maybe move into when he was gonna you know maybe go for a takedown or something it just seemed like stipe would just slip away um so it's it's too bad i i'm only saying it's too bad i chose dan cormier to win obviously he lost because i chose him um which you know i'm still i'm still right about um, every team that I choose loses, but but um, no, nah, DC. He's he's been a phenomenal fighter in the in the UFC for years. He's definitely a Hall of Famer, um, and he's you know he's just he's one of the greats. Um, and I always like DC because, like I said, he was a wrestler, and I, I am as well, or I was, and um, so I favored him a little bit. But I also I liked how uh, DC, you know height wise in the heavyweight division he was always undersized um i really appreciated that because throughout my tenure of of sports and performing that kind of stuff like that i was always the same way i was usually the shorter guy um and you know i just understand the the kind of work it takes to be able to to you know put up a fight against somebody um that might be bigger than you in size takes a lot of preparation but daniel cormier he's um He's one of the best uh, fighters to ever touch the UFC, and uh, he's going to be dearly missed. Uh, but he'll—he'll—I'm sure he'll be in the commentators' booth because him and Joe Rogan—they have a hell of a time in that booth. Um, also, uh, next for Stipe, um, if I'm correct, um, Francis Ngannou is going to be the next uh, opponent, and then John Jones will be the next opponent for the heavyweight title. John Jones vacated the light heavyweight title to pursue the heavyweight title after uh, Daniel Cormier uh, was defeated by. Uh, Stipe Miocic. Um, I think the Nanganu versus Miocic fight is a very interesting one. Um, I do. I do love that the heavyweight division in the UFC is um, has come back to life. Um, you know, the whole John Jones versus DC rivalry really kind of brought it back, and then uh, Stipe. You know. Taken on a number of fighters, you could go on and on and on about who stipe's beat beat um, to to really name himself as the greatest heavyweight of all time. And I think right now he is. I think he, you can consider him to be the greatest heavyweight. bdc DC. He's beaten Randy Couture. He's beaten Francis Ngannou before. Um, he's just beat a lot of big names. Um, and I wanted to talk about the Ngannou fight um, because Francis Ngannou um, was a much di- uh, different fighter when Stipe fought him. I think it was two years ago now. I think it was. Um, Francis Ngannou has, you know, become a, a super knockout artist. Um, I don't know uh, how, how many times he's been taken into the late rounds, but um, it'll be an interesting fight because Stipe can, you know, kind of, pre- he's proved that he can kind of take you apart in any way right now. Um, he's a very good striker, but, you know, just like uh, his fight against Daniel Cormier, he was able to grapple with him a little bit, um, even if it wasn't on the ground. But um, I'm interested to see that fight because, you know, I want to see how much Ngannou's changed since the last time they fought. Um, and then we'll see what happens with Jon Jones afterwards. Yeah, the UFC is definitely it's, um, it's an it's a entertaining place right now, and it's, it's got a lot to offer, and I'm, I'm excited to see what happens next. Um, we're going to hop right into the NHL playoffs right now. I'm just going to give you my, my quick uh, my predictions as the rounds went on. I know we're in the conference finals, so I'm super late on that. But um, let's start with the West. Um, I chose the Vegas Knights uh, to sweep. Um, the Blackhawks uh, 4-0 they ended up losing one game but I was right on that one Um, I chose the Avalanche to win against the Coyotes they did Um, I chose them to win 4-2 um, I chose Dallas to win in six games, which they did. And then I, ch- I had originally I chose the Blues to win against uh, the Canucks in what the hell did I choose them in? I chose them in seven, and I was wrong. The Canucks actually beat Vancouver four to two, um, which I was happy to see after the Blues had defeated the Bruins in the play or the finals last year. But that's not we're not talking about that. <laughs> um, that's round one for the Western Conference Finals, and that or not the Western Conference Finals, the Western Conference. <laughs> Um, and then the Eastern Conference uh, Round One, I chose Philly to, to sweep the the Montreal Canadiens. I was wrong, even though they, they did win, but they uh, they won four to two. I chose Tampa to sweep uh, sweep the Blue Jackets, and they did or no, they didn't. They lost one game. And I chose I chose the Capitals to beat the Islanders, and the Islanders actually beat the Capitals four to one. So I was wrong on that one. And um, Boston. Uh, the Bruins, they beat uh, the Carolina Hurricanes four games to one. Um, I thought they were going to go to six, but I was happy to see that the Bruins, went. Um, they won in five. Uh, Vegas, or not Vegas, uh, Western Conference round two. <laughs> um, between Vegas and Vancouver, I chose Vegas to win in five, and it went all the way down to a game seven. Uh, the Vancouver Canucks, they were very impressive at the playoffs, um, beating the Blues, you know, the reigning champions, and then taking Vegas, the number one team in the conference, <clears throat> uh, to set, sorry Jesus, <laughs> to seven games uh, is very impressive. So uh, the future's bright in Vancouver definitely. But um, I did choose Vegas to win in six, um, and then between uh, Dallas and the Avalanche or the Stars and the Avalanche, um, I chose the Stars to win in five, and that went to a game seven as well. Um, there were three game sevens in the second round, um, which was it. You know that makes that that's playoff hockey. You know that's that's the best. But I chose Dallas to win in uh, six. I think, I think it said six, right? It was either five or six. I can't remember. It was a while ago, but, uh, Dallas won at seven and Eastern conference, uh, second round. I actually chose the Flyers to be the Islanders. I've picked against the Islanders both rounds and I've and I've been wrong both times. Uh, the Islanders ended up winning the series in uh, seven, I think they were up like three Oh at one point, or maybe they were up three Oh on the Capitals, but they were up, um, at one point, the Flyers almost brought it back but um, the Islanders 1-7. Uh, they they've, Right now, ever since I've seen them beat uh, the Capitals and the Flyers, they're kind of my dark horse to, to make the finals out of the East, you know, just to fly right out of there. But um, And then the Eastern Conference, uh, round two between Tampa and Boston. Uh, I chose Boston to, to win in six. I was a little bit of a homer on that one. I wasn't wasn't really that confident in it the Bruins haven't really played the same uh, since losing to, to Rask. They've played better since losing Rask. but you know just ever since the bubbles come along it's um, it, it hasn't been the same but uh Tampa Bay ended up winning that in five they had multiple games where they scored like four plus goals It was a uh, pretty pretty heart-wrenching to see uh, to see that happen to my to my Bruins but you know that, that's how it goes. Tampa's a great team. Um, I always said that if Boston could beat Tampa then they could beat anybody. Um, and right now in the Western Conference, uh, the Dallas Stars lead the, uh, Las Vegas Golden Knights, uh, one game to nothing and Tampa Bay, um, on the Eastern side, lead the Islanders, uh, one game to nothing as well. They dropped like, I think it was like eight to two in goals, uh, the other night. So it was absolutely ridiculous, but my Western Conference, uh, champions, I think it's going to be the Knights. I think the Knights have, are going to you know, to finally take their, their second step towards their, uh, their final, or their second final appearance. And I think this time they might be able to take it, but, um, I'm also taking Tampa to come out of the East and between those two teams, the, the Knights and the Lightning, I'm going to take the, 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 the Vegas Knights. I think, uh, I think that the Knights finally have it all together. You know, they they're only three, three seasons into their, their nhl tenure as a team and their first season they made it to the finals and then you know this season they're the number one team in uh, the western conference so i I really see them uh, going all the way they're just a very impressive team and they've been putting up a great a lot of great numbers so yeah i'm gonna take vegas to uh to win it all all right so hopping into the nba round one my predictions were that the bucks were going to win in six uh the heat they were going to win in five the celtics were going to win in four and the raptors were going to win in four um, I was right about half of this. Uh, the Celtics and the Raptors did sweep uh, their teams. The Heat ended up sweeping their teams. We'll we'll talk about the Heat. They've been killing it lately. Um, and the Bucks, after dropping round or after dropping game one, I had them in six, but um, they ended up winning in five. In my Western Conference round one, I had the Blazers in seven. I can I can already hear some people saying what? Blazers in seven. Um, I had the Rockets in six, the Nuggets in six, and the Mavs in seven. Um, I was not right about two of these Um, I had the Blazers you know kind of taking care of the Lakers um, especially after seeing round one or not round one game one I thought you know maybe the Blazers can do this and then uh, the Mavs I was just kind of taking a shot in the dark there but um, to just to recap round one so in game one for the east uh, for the Bucks. Uh, versus the Magic, uh, v- Winovich, I always mess up his name, uh, had 36 minutes for the Magic, and he had 35 points and 14 rebounds. Um, against the Lopez brothers, he, that was just a matchup, you know, like, for the dreams for him. Um, his ability to hit the three-pointer really caused a lot of problems for the Bucks, especially the big man. Um, and the Magic did a great job of sharing the wealth, and their team averaged 35 points altogether. Um... And so right now, you know, just I'm just going to kind of fast forward a little bit. Um, the Bucks are showing a really bad tendency uh, to get socked in the mouth at the beginning of the series, um, and it's really not going to help if they can somehow uh, get out of this deficit with the Heat, but uh, we'll get to that in a second. I'm getting ahead of myself, I'm, I'm so excited. <laughs> <coughs> Excuse me. So um, the Bucks ended up winning that series against the Magic. Um, the Magic were very, uh, I don't know how to, how to describe them. They, they were impressive but you know they they kind of showed sparks uh, the magic I feel like are one of those teams that you know you were they were happy to make the playoffs um, that I'm sure that was a big team goal for the year I'm, like most teams I'm sure want to make the playoffs obviously but the magic um, being able to snag a game from the from the Bucks as well you know showed that they uh, they have they have improvement to, to, to make. But they, they've been doing a great job as a team. They've been really taking the steps forward. Uh, Markel Fultz has been kind of coming back and being the, the point guard that we all thought he was going to be in uh, Philadelphia. Uh, Vinovich has been doing a fantastic job. DJ Augustine, they, they, they've been a very good team this year, and they might be uh, one player or two away from uh, being a real contender. So I was I was happy to see the Magic being able to, to hold a finger to Milwaukee because most people don't think that uh, eight seeds really can. But uh, the bubble is also very different. Our second matchup for the East, uh, round one, uh, was Miami versus Indiana. Um, there was that whole storyline with Jimmy Butler and, uh, TJ Warren, um, you know, just not liking each other, you know, it's uh, whatever. Um, Indiana didn't hold a candle to Miami. Um, Miami has been doing a great job of, uh, also kind of like I said with the magic, uh, sharing the wealth. Um, Jimmy Butler has been headlining a lot of their games right now, um, As the top scorer for the team, but you know they've had a lot of younger guys step up and uh, and perform. And Goran Dragic has been kind of coming into form as well. So it's it's really nice to see the Heat uh, being able to shake it up a little bit. Um, so round our matchup round, sorry, our third matchup round one, uh, Boston versus uh, Philadelphia. Uh, Boston had a had a great uh, a great showing against Philadelphia. I'm a little um, a little biased on that one. Uh, the Sixers have no interest in losing Joel Embiid after this, um, but Simmons really hurt the Sixers. Um, it kind of makes me question, you know, like what key is missing for the Sixers? Um, I expected Boston to win, especially after seeing Ben Simmons go down. I know Joel Embiid was saying, you know, I gotta, I gotta step up if we're gonna win this series. I didn't see the Sixers winning that series anyway. Um, Boston just has too good of a of a team dynamic. But once again, I'm trying not to be at, uh, not trying to be too uh, too biased, but. I didn't really see the Sixers winning that anyway, um, and I don't really know what the Sixers are going to need to make it past uh, to make it you know out of the out of the conference and then actually maybe make a finals game um, or maybe take the next step. It, I just don't know what, what they're missing. Um, I really don't know because you got you got Tobias Harris, you got Joel Embiid, Ben Simmons. I mean, I don't think getting rid of Embiid is the is the the answer. He's, you know, your your star, really. Ben Simmons is always injured. Maybe it's Simmons. Maybe you got to get rid of him or Tobias Harris. Um, I don't know. I'm not a GM. <laughs> but um, Embiid is just, uh, he's way too valuable for the for the Sixers. Um, out of all of their games, he scored almost 30-plus in each of them. I think there was only, like, two that he scored uh, 20. He was in 25-plus. So other than that, he was 30-plus. Um, he's been absolutely phenomenal for the Sixers every year that they've had him. So I don't think getting rid of hit him, getting rid of him, is the key. Uh, the Celtics looked like a very well-oiled machine. Um, Tatum and Brown dominated the stat sheet, but the team play is what really won the series for them. And I think, um, I think in the NBA nowadays, it's not like. Um, it's not like before where you could just have one guy, you know, really take over and then, you know, just have a little bit from every other player perform. Um, you know, the Celtics, they often have Kemba Walker, uh, Jason Tatum, and Jalen Brown up there, you know, um, and today's NBA, you need at least two guys and maybe even three, um, you know, really pulling the weight, you know, Marcus smart was pulling his weight as well for the Celtics. Um, they just have a very good team dynamic going on right now. And, um, and I, I could see them going deep, and I'm trying to be unbiased on that. That's a real opinion of mine. Um, but so our matchup round, our fourth matchup in round one was the Raptors versus the uh, the Brooklyn Nets. <clears throat> I don't see the Raptors as the same team. Um, that's a very hot take um, after you know them sweeping the Nets. Um, but there's you know there's something different. Obviously they're missing Kawhi, and I think that really kills them. Um, Siakam and Van Fleet or Van Fleet. I always said Van Fleet, like like uh, V A N F L E E T, but it's it's V A uh, N V L E E T, and I felt like an idiot. I was like, oh my god, I've been saying Fleet this whole time. But uh, Pascal Siakam and Fred Van Van Vliet, <laughs> um, they've been really pulling the weight for the for the Raptors in round one. Uh, Fred Van Fleet had you know multiple 30 point games. Siakam had multiple 15 point games. Lowry was. Uh, also doing pretty well. He wasn't as good in round one, but we'll get to round two in a second where he started to pull it up. And uh, the Raptors, they handled the series, like I said, but watching them without Kawhi, it's just um, it, its not convincing for me. It's almost every game is like they're, they're clawing away. Um, but that's in that's a round two. I'll get to that. <laughs> um, the Nets are a sleeping giant to me. Um, signing Steve Nash as their new coach recently with uh, KD and Kyrie hopefully returning next season. Um, if they can keep Levert and Allen, uh, productive, um, they're going to be a hell of a machine, you know, Levert and Allen, they've been putting up, uh, great numbers for, uh, for the Nets. And I just, I can't wait to see what happens next. Uh, in game four in the final game, Levert dropped 35 points and him and Allen both were, um, at 15 plus just about every game. Um, so if you can get Kyrie and, uh, KD on there, it's going to be, it's going to be quite the showing. Um, I'm just going to recap all of, uh, the East and then I'll, I'll go on to the West. So the East round two, I had, let's see, sorry. I had the, the Celtics playing the Raptors. I had them winning in seven. Um, and then I had the Bucks actually winning in seven as well. And sorry, I had the Celtics winning in five. I had the Bucks winning in seven. Um, that was before I saw that the heat went up three Oh, on um on Milwaukee and right now it's 3-1 obviously but um with Milwaukee versus Miami it's a it's a very interesting matchup I thought Miami you know might have just been that team that really kind of you know swept aside the round one team and then they you know we're gonna maybe kind of meet their maker as you kind of meet the 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 one seed you know Milwaukee Bucks um with the reigning MVP uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo but that was not the case at all recently Uh, Jimmy Butler and the Heat have just been absolutely torching Milwaukee as currently they are uh, they're up three games to one Um, in game one Jimmy Butler had 40 points Goran Dragic had 27 Um, and you know just those two stats alone you can just kind of tell the story of of how it's been in the series Jimmy Butler um, has been really stepping up for the Heat um, and you know taking that that role of, of leader for them and, you know, leading them all the way through. And uh, they could easily make a conference finals. You know, all they have to do is win one game against the number one team in the conference. Um, it's really impressive. Um, in game two, uh, the Heat averaged 11.6 points per player, um, which is absolutely phenomenal. And all but three players on the Heat um, actually scored over 10 points. There was only three that scored under. But as a collective, they averaged 11.6. Um, I just, it's, it's really, it's phenomenal how they've been doing. Um, and I'm just not sure, um, how the Milwaukee is going to pull it back out. Um, and just, just recently, I mean, just recently game four, um, Giannis Antetokounmpo went down and left to the to the locker room. You know, that's like the worst thing ever. I'm sure every, everybody who's a Bucks fan was kind of sitting there like, oh shit, that's it. You know, our, our playoff runs over. Um, but you know, the Milwaukee really banded together, um, and won the game. Uh, It was close game, uh, but they won it. Um, And Tyler Hero for the Heat really almost just decided like, no, I'm not losing this. Like, I want to sweep. Um, Because in the last, I think it was 25 seconds, Tyler Hero hit two three pointers um, to keep the Heat in. And you know, for some reason Milwaukee just can't really shake the Heat right now. And I don't know what they're gonna have to do to to advance or to even you know get themselves really back in the series. Because yeah, you won you won Game Four, but you lost three before that, so you're not really in the series yet. If you can win. Uh, the game tonight I believe that they're playing then you'll be in the series but right now I still don't think they are um in the second round of the east as well for the Raptors and the heat or not the Raptors and the heat sorry the uh the Raptors and the Celtics um when I wrote these notes a couple days ago the Celtics were up two games to zero now they're not uh the Celtics are up three games two. but um it was it was a hell of a hell of a series so far it really is fun um, to watch. The Celtics are displaying um, uh, what they have for star power and three-point shooting to compete with um, the best in the game. This was for the first two games. Uh, their defense was doing very well, and uh, in the first two games of the series, they held the Raptors uh, both to under 100, um, which is a very great stat, because, you know, like I said, even though the Raptors aren't the same without Kawhi, they're still a very, they're a very solid team. Um, and the Celtics were really just draining the three-ball and uh, Marcus Smart had five three-pointers in game one. Um, Jay, or Jason Tatum had 34 points in, uh, in game two. And Marcus Smart had six three-pointers in game two as well. So, you know, it just looked like the Celtics had everything going for him. And then game three happened. Um, the Raptors were doing a—they were really just not going down without a fight. Um, they were giving it everything they had. They were leading the Celtics for most of the game. Um, and then late in the fourth, the Celtics went on like an 11 to two run to, to tie it up. And Kyle Lowry all game long, um, was drawn fouls. He had 31 points. Um, he was drawn fouls, really, you know, driving inside, just kind of bullying the Celtics on the inside for how little he is. Um, and you know, the Celtics really just killed themselves, um, in game three with, with all the fouls that they had, but, um, it was still so close and, right at the end of the game there was like 2.5 seconds left Kemba takes the ball um he draws the iso on Mark Gasol he gets a double team from uh, Lowry um so it's him and Gasol versus or it's Lowry and Gasol versus Kemba Walker Kemba Walker dribbles around he dishes it off to Tice and Tice gets it and the Celtics are up by one um yeah I think it was yeah it was one point or no it was up by two um with half a second left okay and everybody's heard it by now. But half a second left, and then um, the Raptors inbound it, and OG Ananobi hits a three-pointer from across the way, like across the entire court, and gets a three-pointer off in half a second and wins the game for against the Celtics, which was super draining. Not only as a Celtics fan, but I can only imagine a player. You know, you play your heart out out there, and you you don't know, you just get absolutely shattered. Um, Kemba Walker had 29 points in Game Three um Jason Tatum or Jason Tate about 15 and Jalen Brown had 19 um they had a great team showing they just killed themselves with fouls um and that was the same story for game four um the Raptors tied the series up two to two um in game four and the Celtics really just couldn't couldn't not turn it over and they could not hit a three-pointer to save their lives um, I believe they had, like, 14 turnovers in Game 4, the Celtics did. And the Raptors were just doing a very good job about taking advantage of those turnovers. And, um, yeah, it was really crushing as the Celtics fan to, to watch that happen. Um, but, you know, in Game 4, like I said, they couldn't hit a three-pointer. Uh, Jalen Brown was, what was it, one for nine in the fourth quarter um, at, three, at the three-point line. And that wasn't just, like, his stat. Like, that was the entire team um, that was playing like that. Um, and just last night, the Celtics won um, game five. Um, they won it by, I think, 22 points. So they, they seem to find their stride again. Um, Jason Tatum seemed to find his scoring stride. So it's, um, as a, like I said, as a fan, it's good to see that. Um, but uh, I don't know, man. I don't know. The Raptors just won't go down. Um, and it kind of worries me with how well the Heat have been doing if they beat Milwaukee and the Celtics beat... Uh, the Raptors. I don't know how it's gonna, how they're going to do against the Heat, but we'll see. I'm trying to stay unbiased. <laughs> um, the West Round One. We're on the other side of the of the playoff bracket now. The West Round One. Um, is Lakers Blazers. Listen, okay, listen. I know, like I said earlier, that most people are probably listening to this. If you've been following basketball, are, you know, are probably, oh, like, what the hell is this guy talking about? You know, the the la- the Blazers winning in seven. Okay. The bubble is different, okay? I've said it time and time again, and I will keep saying it. The bubble is different, okay? Players like Damian Lillard, players like Devin Booker, you know, they have been absolutely playing out of their damn mind. And... You know, when the Blazers snuck right into the playoffs, you know, the Lakers were they are The Lakers they are still performing well. I was like, all right, you know, maybe the the Blazers will steal a game or two off of them. And then once they beat the Lakers like handily in game one, I was like, you know what? I'm going to take the crazy pick and I'm going to pick the Blazers in seven. I wasn't going to say, you know, they were going to sweep them, but I was dead wrong. (laughs) The Lakers one in five. Uh, But in game one, Damian Lillard had 34 points, you know, doing his thing. Game two, AD led the scoring with 31. Game three, LeBron had 38. Game four, LeBron had 30. And then um, in game five, when the Lakers finally put them away, um, James and uh, AD had AD had 43 and James had 36. Um, The Lakers, you know, they've been a well-oiled machine all year. They've just they have super good camaraderie. Camaraderie. They have super good understanding of uh, of a team dynamic that they that they have in LA, and it's just, um, it. they've been very impressive so far. Uh, the Blazers are one of those teams that, you know, when they entered the bubble, though, they were, they were different. Um, game one really sold me, like I said, um, but once Damian Lillard went down, he, I think he left game two early, and then he, like, left game five early as well, you know, it's been a little bit since those happened, but once he started to leave, I was like, yeah, the Blazers aren't gonna win this series, but um and the Lakers just really hit their stride. Um and after game 1, like a little bit of a stumble, they've found their mark and they've been hitting it ever since. Um in round two, or the second matchup in round 1, um with the Rockets versus the Thunder, um I had the Rockets in 6. I wasn't particularly wrong. I was close. Um the Rockets ended up winning in 7. Um the Thunder were just they're, they're just impressive. Um, Chris Paul, I think I, I found a new respect for Chris Paul. I never didn't like Chris Paul, um, but the Thunder—they had what was it, 0.02% chance of making the playoffs, and you know, then they make it and they take the Rockets to Game Seven and almost win it all. Um, both teams really deserve the series win. You know, once it came down to Game Seven, I was just yeah, I just thought you know whoever wins wins. Um, Harden throughout the series, averaged a healthy, uh, 29 points and eight assists and six rebounds. Um, and Chris Paul averaged uh, 21 points, five assists and seven rebounds. Um, and it was just, it was a really defining battle uh, for me, for uh, Chris Paul. He, uh, it didn't really, you know, matter, um, what, what the odds were for him. He, you know, they just kept playing and they followed Chris Paul the whole way through. And he was the, he's one of the reasons that they won or that they, uh, they made it all the way. Um and whether Chris Paul's ability or whether he returns or not next season. I know, I haven't heard very many whispers of uh, of him possibly retiring. Um but his ability to turn a team around is just uh, undeniable. So uh, yeah, I was just I was super impressed by the Rockets recently. And in sorry. Um I had the Nuggets beating the Jazz in 6. Um I was almost dead wrong on that. <laughs> The Nuggets, they beat the the Jazz in seven. Uh, Jamal Murray absolutely went off in the series. Um, being down 3 1, Murray was just like, you know, I'm not losing. Um, he said that in a post game interview. He said that uh, I think game seven was the, or game, what was it? Game five, I believe, the next day, he was packing his clothes up. Like he was folding his clothes and he said, I don't want to fold my fucking clothes. And he called the team and said he doesn't want to go home yet. And it was just, it was a fa- fantastic series um denver came back from a from a 3-1 deficit and it just looked like the end was near jamal murray took over the playoff series absolutely he scored le- not scoring less than 45 points in four games um i think in those four games he had 47 50 50 and 48 you know that's insane or maybe not in that order but he did have those numbers it was he was absolutely nuts um, and Donovan Mitchell also did his thing, scoring uh, multiple forty-point games in the series. And Utah is headed for uh, for deeper and deeper playoff runs under the uh, the leadership of Donovan Mitchell and uh, Rudy Gobert. They've just they've been really doing well, and I'm I'm excited to see what happens for Utah and Denver in, this, in the in the future. And the the final matchup for the West um, was the Los Angeles Clippers versus the Mavericks. I chose the Mavs to win in seven before the series. Okay. But what really sold me was when uh, was Game Four. I think everybody fucking was sold on the Mavericks for a little bit in Game Four. At least they were sold on Luka Doncic. Um, Luka had an absolutely insane Game Four. Um, He had forty-three points, seventeen rebounds, and thirteen assists. He um, in the last second, you know, the the Clippers just couldn't do anything to stop Luka the whole game. And I think there was 3.5 seconds left, 3.1 seconds left, and Luca, you know, just st- step back three to win the game. You know, absolutely iconic playoff moment uh, to tie the series two to two. Uh, unfortunately for the for the Mavericks, the the Clippers started to really. Um, kind of isolate Luca, um, and maybe rough him up a little bit. Um, I didn't really have any opinion on, um, I think it was Marcus Morris, uh, stepping on Lucas back foot. I didn't really see it as that intentional, but, um, there was a big, big issue with Marcus Morris stepping on Lucas foot and the, a lot of the Maverick players thought he did it on purpose. I'm pretty sure the coach got thrown out because of it. Um, they were absolutely, ins- it was an insane series. Um, you know, once uh, game, once the Mavericks lost Game Six, I or no, Game Five, sorry. Once they lost Game Five, I thought you know the the Clippers are probably going to win the series, but I, I chose the Mavericks as a as a dark horse really to to make a deep run, and sadly it didn't happen that way. Um, the Mavericks looked like they had a real chance of winning though, um, especially after Game Four. Uh, but with Kawhi averaging, you know, nearly 30 points a game in the series and uh, Paul George waking up in Game 5, I think he had, like, 35 points in Game 5, uh, the Mavericks weren't equipped. And Christoph Porzingis was also hurt, you know. So it's not like, um, it's not like you know, it was looking that great for the, um, for the Mavericks anyway. You know, you really had to ride um, Luka if you wanted to win that series. But, you know, you can only put so much on one guy for so long. Um, but yeah, I was really impressed. And I think Dallas has a, has a long, a long tenure to, uh, to come upon them. And I think they're going to do a great job in the, in the coming, coming years. Um, in round two, I had the, the Bucks winning in seven right now. I'm dead wrong about that. Um, and in the Celtics, I had them winning in five. I was wrong about the numbers of games. Um, Like I said earlier, um, I still think that the Celtics are going to win the series. Uh, Me personally, I'm hoping it's in six, but um, I could see it going to seven. If, uh, if the Raptors, you know, keep staying annoying (laughs) Um, in the West though, right now I'm in the second round. I have the, uh, the, lakers winning in five um they really dominated the the rockets the other night um after the rockets won um as well game one in the the houston versus la matchup was um was it was a very interesting one uh the small ball routine for the rockets uh, keeps proving to be effective against the lakers um this is in round one or uh game one in particular uh james harden at the half i i have a very bad tendency to fall asleep uh during late games that i did against in, in this game but, um, James Harden at the half had 25 points and, uh, nine of those points were from the foul line, which, you know, at the half is insane. Cause he, he it was nine for 11 at the foul line by the half, which is, you know, that would just po- prove to be the story of the night. Um, James Harden and Russell Westbrook, um, and Eric Gordon, they just, they combined for like 83 points or something like that, or maybe even more, I can't remember, but, uh, the Rockets. They they did a phenomenal job in Game One, but uh, LA came back with a vengeance in Game Two, and uh, they tied it up one to one. Um, so I think the Lakers might be, might be, you know, have the same situation with uh, the Blazers. Just, they might lose Game One, and I think they might just go on a four-game stretch to uh to make the Conference Finals. Um, and I have the Clippers winning in six. Um, I felt bad for the Nuggets. Um, in this matchup against the Clippers, uh, because the Nuggets won their Game Seven against uh, Utah. And then they had to go and face the uh, the Los Angeles Clippers, who had been waiting almost a week, I think, um, for that series to end. And the Nuggets had one day, one day to prepare for the uh, for the number two seed in the West, one day, which is like almost impossible to win a game. The Clippers ended up winning Game One by twenty three points. Um, after Kawhi scored twenty nine, and uh, Paul George scored nineteen, and Marcus Morris scoring scored eighteen. Um, the Nuggets ended up stealing game two though. Um, Jamal Murray and, uh, Nikola Jokic, they've just, they, they did their thing. I think they finally got their legs under them. I think you got, they got thrown into a series a little too quickly, um, against a juggernaut of a team and, uh, yeah, it just wasn't good. But, uh, game two, they got, they got their feet under them. And they put up a really good fight, which I was happy to see, because um, you know you don't want any series to be uh, to be a sweep unless it's you know your team. In that case, you know the Celtics sweep every team if I care. <laughs> no, I'm just playing, but um, I, I do think the Clippers are going to win that in six, because um, you got to respect the Nuggets. Uh, Jamal Murray is a phenomenal player, and Nikola Jokic as well, um, and there's just there's so many good pieces on the Nuggets, and the future is very bright. I don't know if they'll make the conference finals right now, but. Um, it's very bright for them. Um, in my conference finals, I had the Celtics versus the, uh, the Bucs. This was just my, my guesses before um, all this shit in round two went down. Um, I had the Celtics winning in seven. I, uh, I hate saying it on here because I, I don't want it to, to get ruined, you know, just because I don't want it to go the other way like it usually does. But um, that is that's my that's my guess. Um, in the West, I have the Lakers winning in seven against the Clippers as well. I think it'll be a hard fought series, but I think the, the, the Lakers will beat out the Clippers. And then I am not picking a finals right now. I'm not picking, um, a finals matchup or who I think is going to win. I'm just going to say who I think is going to advance and who I think will win that series. But, um, yeah, the NBA right now, it's, um, it's not tough, um, to watch the NBA. It's not tough at all um everything's just hard right now everything is very difficult um to to watch you know a lot it's a lot of people disagreeing it's a lot of people you know not wanting to watch certain things because they don't agree with something um me personally I don't see it like that I see it as um just a place to kind of get away and even if the messages that you know um I'm talking about you know in modern day uh, politics and just the world right now um i just kind of see it as a way to get away and even if those messages are there you know those that's the players opinions those are their messages you know that's not it's not a bad thing for them to be able to express that i feel um but that's just me you know if you don't feel that way that's you know that's your deal i'm not gonna you know sit there and tell you you're wrong um it just it does it makes me very sad because sports are things that unite that are supposed to kind of unite a people Um, at least for me, and they're supposed to unite people and really bring them together. But, uh, sometimes it's, uh, it doesn't always work out that way because people don't always agree. Um, but I do, I have been enjoying, um, watching these games a lot more lately, uh, just, you know, missing sports for so many months. Um, it's really great to see them come back. Um, the NHL, uh, I'm excited to see, um, I don't know who's going to win. I really don't, you know, this is probably the worst podcast to listen to about hockey. Um, and stuff like that. There's a couple, uh, couple football contracts that went down recently this past week. I'm gonna let the week finish out, and then I'm gonna do another episode recapping those. Um, but yeah, just stay tuned. I'm gonna be updating more and more and more about my opinions on, uh, on the the current circumstances for you know these sports, how I felt about them as I saw them, or how if I read them. I can't watch every game, you know. That's just it. Just doesn't happen like that. Um, I thank you guys so much for the support. Um, I know I'm very inconsistent with my uh, with my recording and processing on this uh, on this podcast, but I do really enjoy it. It gives me something to do throughout the day as well, um, and it gives me a reason to kind of you know really obsess over over uh, sports and whatnot. And it's something that I do I do really love. Um, because, like I said, it, just, it, can, it can bring people together, and I, it does for me. It brings, it brings me and uh, some people who I might not normally hang out with uh, bring us together, and we get to talk about it. Um, I'm also, next episode, on just the topic of football, I'm also going to let you in on my, uh, my fantasy picks and whatnot. Um, and, you know, I'll just give them my thought process on that um whether or not you want to hear about it or not that's uh that's gonna be on the next episode um yeah follow me on my socials at dakota.nutter on instagram and uh nutta 28 at uh on twitter that's n-u-t-t-a-h 28 um on twitter and also follow the boom team podcast on instagram it's just boom team podcast just like the podcast name just look that up and you should see the logo Um, Once again, I do appreciate all the support, you know, even if you guys, you know, if you're not sharing like a Facebook link or, you know, if you're not liking a picture or whatever, if you guys are listening, um, it means the world to me, you know, and I just uh, it really gives me more hope to keep doing this every other week or not every other week. But um, every time I can do this, um, it really gives me hope to just uh, to do another episode and another episode, another episode, um, making this podcast, uh, you know. Something more than, you know, just me sitting in my room talking to a microphone um, is really the big dream for me. And uh, I appreciate you guys listening in, and I will see you guys on the flip side.